Hi guys, this is Second Perspective, and this is going to be the discussion on the best films of 2015. Uh, the general structure of how we're going to do all this is we have categories. So we're going to do some silly ones, some serious ones. Uh, that'll take up a good chunk of time. And then from there, uh, we're going to go into our top 10 list, which we have done with this video, where uh, I'm going to put the annotation right up right there. Right there. Woo! Uh, Just going to point somewhere and hope that something <laughs> no. but, but basically, we've done our top 10 list on a, a spoiler-free video, so you can go and check that out. There's uh, only one in there that's correct, though. <laughs> only one list, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, but from there, uh, this will contain uh, spoilers to some films. Um, you can hear a category be like, oh, you know... Most You're probably going to find something out about this movie you didn't want to know. Right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do be cautious about that. I know some people don't care about spoilers. Me, I can't even watch a trailer without freaking out, so... Uh, you know, go at your own risk. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're like me and you ran out of the room every time Star Wars had a trailer <laughs> on the TV, then maybe be careful during this. I just I could just see uh, Mitch like running around like ah! I was so scared every time and it paid off so much. Anyway. <laughs> You were just right. afraid you were going to see Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. That's what it was. I was I was going to see the ghost of Jar Jar and just not want to see it at all. Yeah. All right. So uh, the one last thing I will say about the the categories before we get too far into it, um, these are not the Oscars. We're not trying to be like the, like the perfect one. Uh, we mm -hmm. did choose like they're they're very notable uh, ones that we do think have a very real point of being whatever the topic is. Uh, so we may have missed something, but you know we all tried to pick one that we thought would be an interesting conversation, or just to piss somebody else, uh, piss somebody off. So uh, with that in mind, <laughs> the first uh, topic that we're going to do is uh, most overrated film of the year. Um, this is going to be... Uh, should I go? Okay, mine's going to probably be not as interesting for certain people, but like the people who really care about films and they're all like yeah i looked like hands and all sorts of stuff the assassin holy fucking shit i did that, <laughs> that, that film, i just they're like it's it's one like best director um best acting and like like on some of these um uh critic film places and it's it was, on a lot of top 10 lists yeah holy really yeah. i actually didn't know that Jesus it's on a lot Christ, of dude yeah. i just this is the first and only film of the year where i was like I think I would pay my movie ticket price again to be able to leave. <laughs> like, wow, interesting. I, interesting. I just, oh, man. There was like literally... Okay, the problem was is that people would like stare at someone and then it would just do that. Literally that for like <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds. And like I would oh. get like, you know, subtlety, you know, right. emotions. Like I get it. The best acting is done in silence. But when the silence is two and a half minutes long and you cut into <laughs> another two and a half minute long silence... Fuck! Come on, let me watch something. Yeah. So, all right. anyways, I got. I, just, uh, I had to really get that out there. Um, but anyways, now that I'm all excited, uh, who wants to go next? Mitch, by all means, take it away. Sure, uh, you're gonna sure. piss me off. Not <laughs> 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 uh, before I piss you off, Paul. Um, my most overrated one. I went through my list and I was oh like, my God. which one? I know what and it is. And I think you know it, Paul. Oh it's Beasts God. of No Nation. Oh, God damn. It's... Way Here's the thing. The Paul. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst movie I saw here by any means. There's hmm. some strong stuff in it. Idris Elba in particular is excellent. Hmm. Um, the lead is like a strong actor. It's hmm. a strong performance. 
I found if there was a movie that was as close to being, but not quite being, because it still had some shred of integrity, but it was as close to being torture porn as I could have seen not it be. Not even close. You're so... Whatever, <laughs> just, dude. No way. I, for me, I don't know. Especially when you're dealing with something like this. It's so tragic, and it's so unfortunate. And you're giving a scene after scene of just bad shit happening. These guys are assholes. They're killing. They're seeing the worst shit. And I just... I There was nothing knowledge-wise I gained. No experiential scenes that I really gained anything, you know, on a, on a deeper level. And I just, I found the whole thing was a slog and I honestly, like, my, my quick counterpoint to that. Cause like, again, he thinks is overrated, but like, I will, I will argue like we have a QQ on this. Like he and I like slug yes. it out. We fairly really hard got- on that. So and like, I think it's still a more separate thing. Cause like I gave it an yeah. a minus and he gave it like a C minus and he's like, Oh no, I'll give it a C. I'm like, no, Fuck you! You're gonna stick to your C minus, um, but like, I, swear, not, I don't. Not, I don't need to defend it. Go watch. Okay. The I just want to tell the audience that I have not seen it. Otherwise, I would be giving the correct opinion. <laughs> but uh, I will see it, and then I will let you guys know. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll like insert a lot. We'll, we'll make a thirty second video of Nathan <laughs> being like, and the victor is uh, between Poland and. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, I honestly I think you're both entirely wrong. Like. <laughs> It's there's no contest for this award. It's what? Star Wars. Like it's oh, not even like remotely close. Oh no, it's what? Star Wars. <laughs> and okay, let, let me reestablish that this is this is on my top ten. It's a top yeah. ten movie for me. It was number ten. Yeah. I gave it an eight out of ten on IMDb if you want to know. Uh, okay. But this movie is so overrated. Like mm. it blows me away how mm. many flaws people are willing to overlook in this movie. Mm. Uh, Mitch, you mentioned something about being a guilty pleasure and you don't think it is. I think it is. Like, I think there's a lot of stuff that works. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I think there's a lot of great scenes. There's some wit. Like, it's funny. But there's, like, there's some real problems, like, as far as, like, the beginning of this film with how people encounter each other. And they don't even use, like, their easy... They don't even use their easy scapegoat, which is the force. You can just (laughs) deforce anything. The force does this. It does that. (laughs) In that movie, it's not like they're just like, oh, what's that? Like, it's very much ingrained into the plot. Well, but that's but that's my. They never use that easy mm. scapegoat to make sense of the plot. The things just happen for give, give us like reasons. Like they, give us given it like okay, okay. okay. Yeah. So, so like one thing I will say is like I've, I've literally heard like probably like two weeks worth of Nathan at like two in the morning being like, oh, here's another plot hole in this movie. I'm like, fuck you, dude. I like the movie. But like the thing is, he has a lot of really good points, and he probably okay, so- won't bring up every single point. But like bring up. One okay, I'll just I'll explain to me where the movie like kind of falters quite a bit. I mean, like okay. there's there's been a lot of talk about how it's it's riffing on like the old one. I knew that was gonna happen. Like mm. begin in the desert planet, you know, new Death Star, yeah. a little bit lazy, whatever. Mm. Um, but like it's how the characters encounter each other. Like the beginning of this film is kind of like cranked up to eleven for a very long time. You know, once they escape in the Millennium Falcon, then suddenly Han Solo shows up and he actually has a line where he's like, "Oh, I've been looking for this thing for years." And it's like, or someone has that line. It's literally been out of his possession for years. And it's like, okay, and you just happen to find it. The moment they fly it off that planet, you're in that sector and you're there. Okay, and then suddenly bounty hunters show up. And you're like, okay, like what is going on in this movie? Everybody's just running into each other with no actual, like plot direction they just happen to be there at the right time Mm. it's the hugest contrivance ever and like these contrivances continue throughout the film 
Yeah. And it's just one of those things where it's like, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's like, he's like, I just, don't, I just don't see it. Like, I'm not even angry. I just, I don't really see it. <laughs> this is what, this is why it's overrated. Like, it just, it blows me away that people are totally okay with these flaws and they're just overlooking it. I do think it's a good film, though. Okay. But I don't think it's as good as ever. It's number one on so many people's lists, and I'm like, you're insane. Um, and this, and I am a Star Wars fan. I bought every Star Wars video game and everything, so... Yeah, I I disagree, but I respect I will, I, the disagree. Yeah, I will give you like ten seconds. On. Yeah, okay, move on. One I think it's move on. We've got so many more categories. Uh, okay, I'll I'll start the next one. It's most pleasantly surprising film. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's all be friends again for every moment here. Yeah, yeah, this uh, is fun. Let's get back. In and the uh, I'm gonna go with Brooklyn because okay. I swear to God, if you're watching this right now, just go watch the trailer. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Shit. It's, uh, that trailer... I actually haven't, I haven't like, seen the trailer. Yeah. The trailer, trailer is so bad. Like, it actually made me go, I will... Ne- not in a million years will I ever watch this really? show. Never. Uh, it makes it look like a really horrible love triangle movie, even though, like, it... I, I think it is a love triangle yeah. movie, but it's supposed to be done well. It's very I elegant and, like, well done. It literally is like, one love. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy <laughs> shit. And it's just so... Yeah. It's so... I'm not can you? Like... It, that trailer, like usually I just ignore trailers. That trailer was like, well, I don't have to see that at all. <laughs> and the only reason I saw it is because you said it was really good. Um, film yeah. critic Hulk, a guy that I love on Twitter, he said it was like brilliant. So I was like, okay, I trust these people immensely. And then clearly, it like, ended up on my top 10, right? Like it was like number seven or whatever. So I was very pleasantly surprised that a film can have a totally super shitty trailer and like, and it basically displayed what the story is about and still be interesting because i didn't i didn't think that was sort of possible so anyways who wants to be who's going to be the oh, most... let's continue the tradition yeah, let's counterclockwise is this a circle is this yeah. how we're doing it um, I, I was sometimes i want the person who thinks they, they've got the biggest bomb yeah, shot to go, go well, last. I, just to follow up on that like <laughs> brooklyn was a runner-up for me the <laughs> only thing is that like as soon as i came out in the festival strip <laughs> like i heard so much good stuff about it that <laughs> even if it didn't look like it was totally my cup of tea like <laughs> i knew that it would probably be worth watching and then it was still really pleasantly surprising but the biggest spread for me was going into the movie Creed mm-hmm. and just thinking there's yeah. no way it's good. There's no, no way it's good. There's no way it's good. Mm-hmm. And then coming out and not being 100% satisfied with it, but just mm-hmm. thinking, you know what? Very solid. Mm-hmm. Really solid characters. Really solid directing. That one uh, shot. As oh, much, God, that one shot was so good. The, the, uh, the one-shot mm-hmm. fight is yeah. a great scene. It's probably one of the better scenes of the year. And I just, it's, it was the, if it wasn't like the most unique approach on the boxing film, it was as close to that as I thought would be possible, considering it's the sixth or the seventh movie. I think it's, we said this is the seventh movie actually seventh. in this series. Yeah. It's yes. pretty phenomenal. And I've seen one of the seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't quite top Rocky for me, but in terms of just being a really solid experience, I, for sure, very pleasantly surprising. Nathan? I was very tempted to go with Creed because yeah. I too was like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. But but Fruitvale Station made me kind of like, there's hope. There's yeah. hope. That was a good movie. Uh, the Gift. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely wanted to bring this movie up and I'm glad it was on some people's lists. I, I really one, am. One person's list. One person's list. list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there aren't a lot are, of people that correct on that. Like, yeah. I, I think it's a really good movie and it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, uh, yeah. we all know Joel Edgerton as the actor he is, but... 
it's his first movie that he's written and directed and kind of starred in, and it was fantastic. It's a very small movie, very subtle, very, like, lots of tension, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the most, easily the most surprising for me, because I just expected nothing out of it. Now, now when you're the person that, at, sorry. No, so I was just going to say, you're the one that told us we should go, though, right? Uh, just because I'd seen reviews. I still didn't know anything oh, about yeah, it. Okay, I'd just okay. seen really high reviews, and I was like, I want to see a good movie. Let's go watch it. When so, you said Brooklyn had a terrible trailer, yeah. and it was like, oh, God, this will never be for me. The gift was, that was, I was trying to think of the one. That is the one where it's, I saw yeah. the trailer and went, this is garbage. <laughs> this looks like yeah. the most garbagey, schlocky thing. And then that. Yeah, that was definitely another run-up for me where I was like, oh, okay, this isn't garbage. But then I saw really great reviews for it. And, yeah. I, uh, yeah. God, I fucking love the gift. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, let's go. Ooh. Uh, Nathan oh, no. was struggling oh, with this one. Oh, no. This <laughs> <laughs> was okay. hard. It was a hard, hard category. Yeah. So, uh, I think this it's... is the worst category we're going to do. <laughs> it's not the worst. It's the most interesting. Not it's, the worst. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, best acting. Sure. So, but the thing is, I wanted to make it a little more difficult, make us have to think about it. So it's literally just best acting. It could be any performance. It could be uh, any like male, female, transgender. Doesn't give a shit. I don't care. It's just the best, best performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot to pick from. And I should definitely go last. <laughs> yeah, I should go. Well, I was gonna go. I'll go second. So, okay. Um, oh, I'm gonna start this off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna start it off, and I. This is gonna sound like bullshit, but I. <laughs> promise you this is okay if you so say the, the bear best... and the revenant by the way you gotta look up how they actually did that oh, I did. the funniest story yeah um rubber trees baby that's great so the, i think the best acting for me is mm. kate blanchett and rooney mara and carol both of okay. them interesting i do i do not Ooh, think high yeah, that's high. Okay. No, right. no, no, but, no ties. But, no, but no ties. Hold on. Okay, it's not a, it's not a tie because yeah. I thought about it for a long time. I was like, is this a tie? And this is a rare film where if any one of those performances is slightly worse than the other one, the entire film is derailed. They are the most symbiotic performance I've seen in a long time. Where either of them, first of all, the fact that they're split in actress and supporting actress at the Oscars is mental because yeah. they they just. The movie revolves around those two mm. so tightly. Mm. And it, it, for me, like, there's just so much subtlety in the performance. Mm. There's so much quietness. When they mm. have to build to a really strong, powerful scene, they really put it out there in a way that's not overdoing it, but really, um, I just, I find their performances, like, really engrossed me in that film. And I think the direction of that film mm. is so strong, but perhaps more so the performances really just grabbed me and took control of the entire thing. And I think mm. they have to work together for the entire film to go as smoothly as it did. It's so really that was my choice. Yeah, yeah. it's really upsetting. I really wanted to see that film, but I got sick. Yeah. And like, I still am a little bit sick, so that sucks to be you. Um, I really recommend it. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I, I really did want to see that film. Mm. Uh one of the things, uh, oh, one of the great things about me sort of being like the the head of the, the channel, I can be like, hey, Mitch, I haven't seen that film yet, so you're not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> so that's great. Um, but yeah. uh, also, like, generally, what we're trying to do on this channel is like, we're trying not to have ties, so that we actually have forced to make a decision. But yeah, that was he, my only one where I had to. He, he makes yeah. a good point, so I'll let him. I'll let him pass. Um, for me, uh, I love acting, and so. Um, 
obviously it's just going to be a bit difficult for me. Uh, it's what I spent three or four years, not me learning how to act at me, learning how to interact and with actors as a poor choice of words. But um, I ended up picking up this performance just because it was the one that kind of just stuck with me. And it's just every once in a while I would just think about it. I'm like, man, that was a really good performance. And you know what? Maybe it wasn't the best, but it's someone that, that haunted me or stuck with me. And it's Sylvester Stallone. Oh, he did choose yeah. it. Yeah. He did choose it. Wow. Uh, so... Like, yeah. you know what? I'm sure you can make a funny arguments on, like, better performances and stuff like that. But maybe a big part of it was, like, with you with Creed. Like, I just... I've seen Sylvester Stallone in so many other films. <laughs> <laughs> he's so bad. Not even, like... like yeah, not even kind of bad, but, like, so bad. He has bad. made some stinkers. Yeah. And this is just... Honestly, if you told me this is a documentary, I would have believed you. Like, in terms of his performance. It's just so good. And, like, the, the, the locker scene where he's talking about how he's like, getting oh. cancer and stuff like that. Like, Nathan and I were both trying to not look at each other because we're both going to cry. Like, yeah. I just... Oh, like, <laughs> it was one of those things, right? And I'm so, not crying. I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah. Still Vester Stallone. I... This will be the first and probably only time I ever say this. <laughs> there might be another creed. You never yeah, know. That's true, but... Um, yeah. he can't surprise me anymore, right? That's so, true. That's true. I, I get, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I, he, I think at least his performance is the one that sticks with me the most. So, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm literally making up my mind right now <laughs> as to what I'm going to choose. There's so many, like, there, you could choose so many actors. I had, like, I had Sylvester yeah. Stallone. I have, you know, Matt Damon. Mm. I have all these people. There's really great performance. To narrow mm. it to one would be so hard. Mm. So what? Quit stalling. Which one is it? Yeah, I'm gonna go with one because I think it's one of the only things that held the movie together for me, mm. and it's okay. Jennifer Lawrence and Joy. Mm. Yeah, okay. and I haven't seen that movie. So I don't think it's a particularly great movie, but mm. she is the real deal. Like she's one of those people that like you know Hollywood loves to make a big deal of, and sometimes it's not you know mm. you might not think is like it's it's worth it. They're just kind of like you know making a lot of noise, mm. but I do think Jennifer Lawrence has an amazing ability to just make you empathize with her situation. And I cared so much about this character just trying to sell a mop. Mm -hmm. It was mind-blowing. Like, I was like, wow, like, I really wanted her to overcome all these obstacles in her life, and I really cared about her journey. Uh, and it's probably the only thing that really held that movie together for me as far as, like, enjoying it. So, yeah, that's I'm going with that. <laughs> I'm going to put myself on a cross here right now. I'm not a huge fan of Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I don't think she's... Terrible, but I'm like no, I'm not enamored I've heard that by argument, her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I can, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, I, also I think, hate David I think Russell, about a year so... ago it would have been like what, but now now <laughs> I completely get it. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, no, we didn't memorize these lists. Oh, we got a lot of categories. Um, <laughs> we the, oh, okay, yeah. we'll lodge your hats. All right, yeah. so okay, so it's favorite line. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna go last again? No, no, no. Um, I can, I can go whenever. It doesn't matter. I'll, I'll go first. I kind of cheated a little bit, but it's just, it's the context of it. Um, for me, it's, it's from Steve Jobs, and it's gonna be the line where it says, "You didn't have three seconds. You had three weeks. The universe was created in a third of that time." <laughs> and the guy says, "Well, someday you'll have to tell us how you did it." I just fucking, I can't. That right, those two right. lines don't. They can't. You know, with the Carol thing, they can't exist without each other no, it's just no, that's fair that's holy fair. shit it was in the trailer and like 
It's just a fucking funny line. Uh, and it just fills so much of that character. I think that was a really smart choice to put that in the trailer. Because, yeah. like, even though you might think you want to save it, when I watched that trailer, I laughed. I was like, <laughs> so I want to see this movie now. Yeah, no, it's... And that's the thing, a, too, it's like... It, it, sorry, it cut you off. Like, it builds it builds the character. Yeah. Like, it makes you very clear. And I think that's part of the reason why, like, you know, it may not be the funniest. Like, it may not have made me chuckle as hard as some of the lines. Like, you... You can uh, mention the uh, uh, Hateful Eight one. That you oh, yeah. earlier. <laughs> we'll do that as an honorable mention yeah. later. I have a couple but like, of them. but it, not only is it like really funny, but also it can really explain the character. And I think that's part of the reason why I loved it. It was one of my favorite lines. So, who wants to go next? I can go next. I'll, right. I'll give Mitch the, the bomb dropping. Um, I actually, when Paul first showed me this category, I was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" Like, I'm a writer, and I was like, "I can't remember all the lines from all the damn movies yeah, I've yeah. seen this year." Um, and then I realized it was actually quite simple. Like, I think both Steve Jobs and Hateful Eight are endlessly quotable, but for me, there's no more iconic phrase this entire year than "What a day." What a lovely day. Mm-hmm. I think that encapsulates everything that that movie is in that mm-hmm. moment when he says it. Mm-hmm. You just have this madness going on, mm-hmm. and they're just enjoying the hell of it. And me as a theater goer, I was enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah. Uh, that line for me just stands. <laughs> you, know, you, know what I, you know what I thought you were going to say? Big black tigers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You got it. That's what I mean. Those movies are the easy ones for me to go to. I love Aaron Sorkin. I love Tarantino. But for me, I just love the simplicity of uh, the Mad just, Max line. And knowing you and like being friends with you so long, I think I know that how you built some things up. Sometimes I was just waiting for you to be like, oh, "Okay, Black Dingus." That's <laughs> like, oh, uh, 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 fuck. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, oh. sorry. Do the quick, the the quick April Eight one that you're. Oh, the honorable mention for that. Yeah, it just I I was reminded of this line. I know I laughed in theater, but it was. Kurt Russell's line, and he says, "He says, well, that's the thing about old people. You can kick them down the stairs and say it was an accident, but you can't just shoot them. Yeah, that's a phenomenal... Uh, not many people can get away with that line, in delivery uh, and in the script. Yeah. So. yeah, I mean, by the way, Kurt Russell is a national treasure. I'm just so oh, glad absolutely. that people know him now. Yeah. He's just so great. Um, so I went... Uh, I tried to think of a very insightful... Mm dramatic line of course he did <laughs> you know find something that really had a lot of power and was mm. dimensional i went with one that uh is just fucking hilarious <laughs> gotta be honest and here's the thing it i will say that it ha- ties into what makes mm. this movie so special the film that i chose by the way is one that would have made my top 10 mm. had i i don't know mm. had i had one less movie or whatever mm. on it um, it's a film called What We Do in the Shadows, mm-hmm. and it has uh, one of the guys from Flight of the Concords and one of the directors of that show or writers, and it's a <clears throat> vampire mockumentary. Mm-hmm. And it it sounds like a schlocky idea, but the approach to this whole film is brilliant. There's so much detail. There's so much like actual history of vampires mm-hmm. uh, like marked in the whole thing, but mm-hmm. it's just an amazingly funny movie as well. And one of the best lines is uh, they're talking about why vampires mostly go for virgins and they decide to like feast upon virgins. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the line that Jermaine Clement, who's from Flight of the Concords, has is, if you were going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. <laughs> and I, regardless of whatever was going on in that scene, probably missed like a good 10 seconds because of how fucking brilliant that is. I thought you were going to say bite it or like chew it or something. No, no, <laughs> that... <laughs> Fuck. Oh, it God, is not yeah. true, but it's just, it's I like a, it. Yeah. 
That's how clever that fucking movie is. Uh, all right. What do we on do? Best protagonist. Nice. Alright, okay. so I'm just gonna go into it. Uh, yeah. To be honest, I was even surprised The Martian was in my top 10. Mm-hmm. And I just, I kept thinking about it. It's a really good fucking film. And it has my favorite cameo. Uh, we don't have that kind of category, but I fucking oh. love Donald Glover. And I love him. Oh, Child Gan- Childish Gambino, Troy. He's just, he's the multi talented man. Like, he, I, I love him. He's great. Um, but uh, my favorite protagonist is. Uh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Matt Damon. Mark oh, Rodney. come there on. You, uh, you know, I'm just going to jump in too. That's my favorite protagonist okay, of the yeah, year yeah. too. Oh, I, think, okay. I think he encapsulates everything you kind of want out of your protagonist. Mm. Like, he's smart, he's determined, and he also knows when to just crack a good joke. Like, yeah. he's like, well, I'm screwed. Ha yeah. ha. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I you know, uh, break down everything. Like, really, I'm just gonna have to science the shit out of this. Yeah. Like, it's, That's it's a, great. That was also my runner-up for yeah, line exactly, right? Great line. But yeah. uh, and, and for me, like me picking, there's all sorts of really interesting protagonists. Like, you know, you could have picked Leo, which maybe you did, but like, um, ultimately for me, what made this character was the humor. Like, it was just absolutely, and like, it's so hard to make <clears throat> a character that's interesting and you care about but it's also funny and the character and the actor doesn't totally fuck it up because mm. it's really easy to try and be funny and not right so like i do think matt damon had a had a hand in making this character work oh yeah absolutely like i don't like, know how much of the humor translates from the script i'm sure or uh, sorry from the uh the book i'm yeah, sure a lot of it is yeah it's definitely stuff there, but like but... his performance is amazing oh, as the... this as this, <laughs> protagonist. yeah, and like I knew in that ending moment before he's getting ready mm. to shoot into space to try and get rescued, when he started crying, like I felt it because I'm like, I hope you live, dude, yeah. because I care right. about you. You are right. a great protagonist. So yeah, uh, yeah. So that's yeah. At least we there's matching on one. So what's your pick? It's a it's a good choice. I um for me, but, it, but it's wrong. <laughs> it, it's so wrong. You guys suck. Uh, no, so. The one I went with, um, I think, is now just in the pantheon of great characters, and it's Imperator Furiosa oh, yeah. from Mad yeah. Max. Yeah, I just and here's the thing: you walk into a film called Mad Max. It's Mad Max, <laughs> yeah. Road, yeah. right? And the series is Mad Max, and it's Mad Max. He lost his family. He's mm. this is that, and you start with Mad Max, and then it's all him mm. until the moment. That Imperator Furiosa steps on that screen, and from mm-hmm. that moment on, that is the character you follow, heart, body, and soul. Yeah. Like she is smart, she's interesting, she's got a great little backstory. Mm-hmm. She's like self-confident. Mm-hmm. She's not totally like assured of herself either. So she's mm-hmm. not like you know someone who just is good at everything and is. Uh, a lot of people accused the lead character of Star Wars uh, being a character that doesn't really have a lot of obstacles mm-hmm. to that. I think Imperator Furiosa has a lot of baggage on that character, and um, she really mm-hmm. delivers that well. I think Charlize Theron in her performance, but <clears throat> god damn it, if she's just not the most badass person oh, in yeah. the entire yeah. She was definitely uh, a different runner-up that was Yeah, that was my runner-up. I had yeah. those two listed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and even just going what you were saying, expecting it to be Mad, Mad Max, yeah. I remember walking by in the hallways with popcorn, looking at the theater poster, and I was like, why is Charlize Theron in front of Tom yeah. Hardy? <laughs> and then you find out why. Because yeah. she's badass. And that's yeah. not to say Tom Hardy did bad. He's mm-hmm. amazing. But mm-hmm. Furiosa. The, the moment that defines it for me is when I think it's like at nighttime and there's this guy in a convoy trying to like shoot at them. And Mad Max originally oh, has yeah. his hand and he just goes, nope. And he hands it right over to Furiosa yeah. and you go, that's right. 
that was the right move because she would not miss. And that is fucking important and beautiful. Love that character. All right. Wonderful. Uh, okay. Best editing. Um, I'm going to go just because I, I struggled with this one a little bit. And because like, I kind of struggle with like the whole idea of like best editing Part of it's like, you know, just good shots and uh, like what, what a part of it is like a director and like all that sort of stuff. So I ended up going with Sicario uh, just because I thought the film did a really good job of going to the shot that was necessary next. Not only to not only because you really wanted to see it, uh, but because it also brought so much information to you um, or they purposefully did not go to a particular shot that you really wanted them to, which created even more attention. Um, and, like, even one particular editing, honestly, like, and this is why I kind of get a little bit confused, where it's like, you know, is it shot or editing, whatever? But when they're in the um, torture scene uh, with, um, and they bring the water jug in, and all of a sudden it just, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Josh Brolin's character is like, why are you looking at me? You know, no, <laughs> no, I'm on glaze, right? And then all of a sudden you start hearing some noises and it just cuts to the drain and it just kind of zooms in on yeah. it, right? Yeah. That, I, I, that's both a really good shot, but it's also really good editing because you could have yeah. chosen all sorts of different ways to cut that scene, but instead you don't, right? So mm-hmm. that's just one example of, I think, you know what? It's not the flashiest editing in the world, but I think it does a really good job of sort of heightening all these fantastic moments in this film. So Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to jump in there and say mm-hmm. that Sicario is my choice too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the one that perhaps like a lot of people say that you shouldn't be able to notice the editing or the sound design and the more technical elements or else like it's failed. I, I guess just because I'm so hyperactively thinking of this stuff sometimes mm. that it just occurs to me mm. that something is well cut or well designed sound wise. And for me, it's, uh, there's so many great scenes in this film and you're right. There's so many con- unconventional choices and really great, um, cuts where you don't want them to be or you don't think they'll be the scene that is i think the best edited scene of the year is during the beginning when uh kate macer who's um emily blunt's character walks into the cia office and Mm. it's both a scene that is a job interview you know would you like to be part of this and it is an interrogation and the way that the scene is cut is actually visually telling you that she is up against a phenomenally heavy force of nature. And she, that's, the fact that she's holding her own in the scene is admirable, but every time they cut to a look on Josh Brolin's face or a little, like, pencil uh, scribble on one of the other guys' uh, face, like, uh, notepads at the end of the desk, like, you just know that she's being scrutinized, like, head to toe, and she's just not going to be thrown out of the ringer for the rest of the film. And this is such a great establishing scene. And a lot of that relies on the way that it's cut together. Um, I think it's phenomenal cutting. Yeah. It's a great, great example of that. For Solid me. choice. I yeah. was very tempted to give it to ex machina mm-hmm. because I feel much like you're talking about Sicarios. It's a very careful movie, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm just going with Mad Max because mm-hmm. like, I think there's fewer films this year that have as much going on and still keep, visual coherency and Mm. carry momentum between all the different protagonists Mm. all the antagonists and all these amazing things going on Mm. uh yeah mad max was just like one long wild ride and it just it felt like it all worked and i you know there's very few movies that can have as much action as it does and keep up that pacing 
And I feel a lot of that has to do with the way it was edited. It's very careful and sure. it keeps things going. So they were they were actually showing because it has like they get over 200, 300 cuts or something. Yeah. There's this video where they run like five movies next to each other mm-hmm. and they all have like over this amount of like cuts, right? Mm-hmm. And so they played them in like, I don't know, 10 times the speed. And so you're watching like all of these films. I think one is like Domino, one is a Born Identity movie. And you're like, oh, I can sort of get what's happening here. I can sort of get what's happening here. And the only one that's coherent at all at that speed is Mad Max. Oh, wow. Because of how it's cut. Yeah. I suggest that you go watch this to sort of see what I'm saying. It's very but interesting. Yeah. Mitch it's, is going to send yeah. give me the link because it's on YouTube, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll send you the link. And the link is right here if Paul that remembers. One? Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> like you had to get out of the way. Oh, God. Yeah. It's no! coming for me. Oh, the annotation. Um, anyways, let's move on to the next one. Uh, this is a Mitch requested uh, topic, and Paul pulled it out and then pulled it back in because. I'm a jerk like that. Uh, I just couldn't come up with one. I was like, eh, I didn't feel like it. Let's um, have one now, Paul. I do. Uh, and uh, Mitch, and I'm sorry, Nathan had one. He's like, what? I, I did so much work. Why did you? So I went and came up with one. Um, why don't you start? Because you haven't already. Yeah. What's okay. the category? What the best music? Oh, it's the music. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm it's so all up in my head right now. It's a favorite moments. music That's moment. That's my category. Favorite music mm. moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. yeah. This was a tricky one. There's a lot of interesting moments, but my, I think my favorite, it's more of a shot, but I still think it goes to my favorite. It's when they're descending into the tunnel in Sicario. Yeah. You get that deep bass that's yeah. just like carrying this, you know, you see their silhouettes yeah. and this this setting sun in the background and they're all, all their figures just slowly disappear into the darkness and you have this deep bass music just dragging it all down. And it just feels like everybody is going, taking this journey into hell. Hmm. And I remember just that moment. It was very impactful for me. It, like, it felt like it was very iconic of the entire film. It was just this long descent into a very dark and ugly place. Hmm. Uh, and that moment stuck with me. I, I chose something way less, like, inspirational, whatever. <laughs> okay. And, like, it was one of those okay. things... We were talking about uh, Kingsman while when okay. you and I got here. Oh, right. oh, I know exactly. Yeah, it's liter- All right. It's okay. literally, yeah. uh, it's on some classical music, uh, and it's just the heads start exploding on some, <laughs> <laughs> just it's exploding oh. heads with fireworks. Yeah. Uh, and it and it matches the music, uh, and it's just fun. It goes on too long, I think. I do remember we watched that movie together, mm-hmm. and the guy in front of us just yeah. started laughing yeah, nonstop throughout that entire sequence. Right. Uh, it's good. Yeah, and like maybe if I'm 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 good enough, I'll like start putting. Well, you know what? Here's a better idea. I'm gonna have all the things that we're talking about. I'm just gonna put starting lists. Anyways, guys, uh, Mitch broke it. I think probably may have been my internet. But anyways, why? (laughs) Why? How could you? My fault. I don't know what happened. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Anyways, what I was essentially talking about. My favorite music moment. I chose Kingsman. Heads exploding to classical music. Uh, I do believe score does a lot of things, but I don't always remember that stuff. So it was just the one that like. Stuck out to me. Uh, now, Mitch, you're all very excited about this category, so like, take a moment, oh, breathe in the air. All right. Anyways, <sighs> okay. Okay. And if it's not not interesting, then I'm just gonna be very disappointed. Come on. <laughs> so, this was a film I saw at TIFF this year, mm-hmm. and it came out in like very limited release, but I thought it was an excellent character study. It's called James White, mm-hmm. um, and has a I'd really great lead performance. Yeah, and uh, the cast overall is great. It has a really interesting approach to that character. But the opening scene 
opens with James White, and he's in a uh, nightclub. And we're not sure what time of day it is. We're not sure of anything, really, because the camera is only on his face. And when we follow him, he has headphones on. And the only thing that we can hear for a lot of the shot is the Ray Charles song, Don't Let the Sun Catch You Crying. And then occasionally a headphone will fall out and the like pounding bass of like the uh, club noise will invade. And then he keeps putting the headphones back on and trying to focus on the song. And it really captures the character's like antic idea of um, you know the fact that he's just always outside of his head, but trying to stay controlled, trying to you know trying to stay focused. And um, it's a character that like slow like really starts unraveling very quickly. But it's a great visual and sonic moment that really uh, hit me hard. And the song choice especially is really powerful and emotional. Um, mm, cool. It's an excellent opening to a film, but especially because of that song. Hmm. Yeah. Um, did you do, wait, what? I, 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 you're totally confusing. You right, sent so, it to me. No, Continue. Okay. All right. Anyway, so, uh, the next one we actually have is favorite shot. Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, Nathan was all like, Hey, we, oh boy, we have this next one yet, but we don't. Uh, so I'll go first just cause mine's more of a, there's nothing bombshelly about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sicario. Uh, the convoy thing, uh, oh, yeah. and it's not my favorite shot. Is the part where the helicopter? It's like a helicopter uh, bird's eye view, and mm. you're seeing this convoy yes. go, and it's yep. it's cool, it's pretty, it it kind of creates this sort of tension. But my favorite part of it is when it kind of pans up, and you just see this like wasteland of a concrete jungle, and it just <laughs> you're like look into it, and you're like man. You just this called war as a wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but like, like, I mean the idea of just like, they're going to go in there. I, I mean more a wasteland of just like hope, really, for them, right? And because you know that like, they've been talking about how it's not going to be a pretty sight for them. And how everything is not like what it seems. And it just, it was a very cool <laughs> visual idea of, or, or display of sort of the... The shit that they're about to go into. And I just, I really thought it was a very cool way of, instead of saying, like, you're going to be in trouble. This is going to be shitty for you. They just have this one, one necessary shot, but two, a uh, very interesting way of showing that information. So, that's my favorite shot. Nathan, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, I think I'm skirting the line on this category because yeah. when I talk about shot, I'm talking about one shot. And uh, I'm talking about the Creed one shot okay. because that was awesome. Uh, it's not one specific moment; it's the entire what, like three or four or whatever minutes it is. It's amazing. Like the fight energy is just so real in it. It it just feels incredible. Uh, I did a bit of reading up. Apparently, it is one actual take. It took them 13 tries. Uh, it's incredible. Like it just it came at the perfect moment. It kind of upstaged the ending fight, in my opinion. Mm. But either way, great stuff. I've never seen that in a boxing movie. Mm. Which is so I, weird, because uh, you would think it would be a really good idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a really cool shot. And it's like one of those scenes that you think might be boring in a one take, but it really just holds you the whole time. It's cool. I'm going to go with, uh, and this was hard, because I had two very distinct choices, but I'm just going to go with, what my heart tells me and my heart tells me the hellfire sunset in Sicario <laughs> has to be one of the most unbelievably beautiful and terrifying things I have seen 
in a motion picture. Hmm. And it's a scene, I mean, uh, I'm sure most people who have seen it will remember this, but is it's it right the, before they're the going into the tunnel. Down. So I actually think it matches to your music. Moment. Yes, it is yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah and, say. and what it was, was it's obviously, you know, beautifully scored. There's a beautiful sense of like quiet sound design, but Deacons being a genius is just able to capture the right amount of light to illuminate some of the detail on these bodies mm-hmm. and then just not nearly enough to actually get any like defining characteristics other than silhouette mm-hmm. and somehow he strikes the most unbelievable balance before it and you just know that these characters are going somewhere very yeah. dark it's lovely it's as just, they all just disappear from the just, frame yeah it's just such a beautiful beautifully set up constructed lucky like you have to be you know a genius or incredibly lucky. fortunate to get something <laughs> yeah well yeah. like that's that's what magic like magic hour is made for right? that yeah, so. literally Absolutely. is magic mm-hmm. that shot was magic to me yeah I I figured someone else was going to pick that, so I I, I kind of went a little bit uh, he, different. Choice was Roger Deakins accomplished that same sort of like feeling in No Country for Old Men too, like running yeah, away yeah. from the truck. It was just like, Absolutely. holy crap, this looks good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, let's keep talking about this cinematography uh, and going with best cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone want to go first? I have or? an obvious one, so I'm going to yeah. go. I like personally. Well, actually, it's a tough year. Like. Sicario, Mad... Like, you're talking about some really great-looking movies done by the greatest cinematographers working today. But for me, just because of what was done, I can't say anything other than The Revenant. I'm gonna hop in, yeah, me too. Yeah, the nature of that movie, like, the way they've... The way it was done and how it looks just blew my fucking mind. Like, (laughs) it's literally one of the most gorgeous-looking movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it is... Sorry. I was gonna say, and, like... Uh, to a certain extent that, like, both the shots, the sort of the still shots, where you just see something super pretty, where it's just a nature shot, those are amazing. And then I was a pretty big fan of the action sequences that were one shot. There were certain elements that, uh, especially Nathan, was not particularly fond of, like the dying CGI horse. Um, Some <laughs> suspect CGI, I'll say that much. Right? But, but that's not, that's not Lebeski's fault. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the I loved being in the middle of those mm-hmm. those fights between mm-hmm. all these people and everything so yeah i mean uh you could i wouldn't argue against someone who might choose mad max but Revenant no, was just not. super pretty it was yeah like, i mean yeah it was probably either a close second or third for me it is uh look lubeski is just you you have to say it he's becoming a new master and it's it's great here, it's great man. to see. Oh yeah, he's been around. He's he's the master already. Yeah. Gravity, he's, he's you know, crazy. Birdman. But like, he's probably gonna win three Oscars in a row. He's uh, oh yeah, person. But as for someone who has never won an Oscar and should have won a billion, mm. how about Roger Deakins for <laughs> Sicario? Yeah, because and and here's the thing. So we've already mentioned a couple of the shots in the film. They made some of our favorite shots, and the film continues to be great in low light in. Uh, you know, more like high key lit scenes and um, it's good outdoors, it's good indoors. I mean, he's a master and it's, I think would be easy just to say it looks beautiful, but there's one trick that he does right at the outset of the film and it's the very first shot of the film. And what he does is he actually, I believe looking at it, he washes out the shot by like just raising it one stop higher than I think it should be. Yeah. And when you see that shot, at first you think, 
is that a mistake? Yeah. And you know the intention is there. And it's the balls on that <laughs> to actually have a shot just be a little bit washed out mm. that says to me, you're focusing on story and you're focusing on emotion. Mm. And that washed out shot is the perfect way to set up that something isn't right and something is a little grittier and out of place. Mm. And uh, it's just those choices that I think makes Deacons out of this world. I I can't say enough about him. He's oh yeah, shot all the Coen Brothers films, which are my favorite films ever. But he uh, he just continually surprises me, and uh, Sicario is no exception. I think it's phenomenal work. I mean, like he's kind of like the Leonardo DiCaprio of cinematographers. He's like, <laughs> he keeps fighting and never gets. Except it. he probably will never win, which is just <laughs> insane. I, I just don't understand. Like I I didn't know that he hasn't never won before. That's crazy right? to my mind. It's, but that's what it is. You just internalize mm. it, and the way that he uses natural light, you're like, ah, for sure. Mm. And yet, man, nothing. All right, let's move to the next one. Uh, I have on my list uh, most shocking plot turn or moment. Okay. Uh, so let's just go, does anyone want to go last? Like, do they want to be the anchor to this? Uh, no, I, I don't need to be. All right, go for it then. Uh, sure. So I was, I'm going to say I was very close to the gift, but, uh, I'm going to go with Mad Max, uh, for just the raw simplicity of it all. Because again, this movie, Holy shit. This movie is just okay. like, we're going mm. down Fury Road, you mm. know, just down this road, and we're trying to get away, and then it's just like, oh, look, we gotta go back. Mm. And I just love that raw sense <laughs> uh, of irony, yes, right? Yes. Like, it's not a big plot, like, mind-blowing mm. moment, but it's like, hey, we gotta go back the yeah. way we came. And mm. I love that. I think mm. that's, it was the exact same simplicity that made the rest of it work so well. Mm. Alright, so I'm gonna go right on that. And, like, actually, mine comes from the same film. Okay. And that's why I was sort of like, no way. Did we pick the same <laughs> fucking thing? Um, but mine is even simpler than that, or at least, like, a smaller thing. And I talked earlier about part of the thing that I loved about this film is that I felt like I had, like, there were stakes for everybody. And every action mm-hmm. and, like, every, you know, explosion, or whatever, felt like I had to do something with the story. And my moment that I've chosen is the one when one of the women or is on the side of the car. It's going, mm. right? And they go through like some tunnel or something or whatever. And like it cracks and you think, oh shit, she's going to fall. Oh, but she oh, doesn't. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is awesome. And then she grabs the fucking door and just, boom, she falls off and like flops around and everything. Uh, this is right after Matt, like, they set you up to think it's going to happen, but it doesn't. Yeah. Mad Max gives her the thumbs up. You think, this character's going to be something. I'm already invested in her a little bit more than the rest of them. This is going to be great. And she was the trophy wife for a morning Exactly, Joe. right? Uh, and that also came, like, mm-hmm. at a great moment mm-hmm. because that was, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. the whole Biker Canyon segment mm-hmm. was the greatest action mm-hmm. scene in right. that entire film and one of the greatest action scenes I've ever seen yeah. so it coming after mm-hmm. that you were just on this emotional right. high you think you've avoided danger just kidding right that that is why I chose it as my yeah. sort of most shocking because there's no way in a million mm-hmm. years I would have guessed that would have happened mm. especially when and not only that but as we say I had the balls to just do it right like you're going huh huh no, just yeah, kidding. Oh, yes, it is! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No way, right? Yeah. So, like, that's that's why I love Confident that movie. filmmaking. Yeah, oh, it's, it's fantastic. Oh, it's, so, And it's just it's just a great example of how mm. you can actually do action scenes, mm. and then there's still story in it. You yes. don't have to throw shit at the screen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I would say my the most shocking thing for mm. me 
is based upon just sort of the construction of the Hateful Eight hmm. and the one little twist that it gives you. So the Hateful Eight is mostly set in one room. Hmm. You go from the left wall to the right wall, to the back wall, to the front wall, and you get the chairs and you get the tables and everything's all set in one little place hmm. and it's a flat plane. And we have hmm. just gotten to the point hmm. where three characters are lined up and we're just gonna hmm. boom, boom, boom. This movie is just about to be over. And this camera goes down, 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 and Shanning Tatum is right underneath Sam Jackson's balls and <laughs> just shoots him. And yeah. just and it's it's just such a great cinematic moment because it he's spent so much time establishing this space that the only option that you can't think of kind of is actually the most right. obvious. Yeah. But it's just such a great little mm-hmm. trick that he does. He pulls off, and I think it's one, it really set off the movie for me. That's yeah, the, the one yeah. thing that I will say is, like, I thought how it happened is that, like, he's doing his shooting thing, and then it actually just happens. The bullet just, poof, happens, and you're like, what the hell? And then it's only after the shot happens? No. That, no, really? No. It oh, goes it takes down the, first, and he, yeah, says, okay. oh, that's he, said, he says a line and then fires he off. He says something like, uh, you know, we're... Like, uh, mm-hmm. now we're, they're really in, like, we're just going to find out very soon what's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the line is, but yeah. it's like, yeah. the idea is that, mm-hmm. and then as he's saying it, you just mm-hmm. go, like, on his hat, past his coat, and you're like, oh, maybe he's just going to, like, end of the, the, like, hand and he'll shoot yeah. someone, right? Yeah. And it keeps going, and then you're like, whoa, God. I will and say then, one thing, um, though, that yeah. kind of ruined this for me. I think it's a great moment, mm-hmm. Yeah, but Channing Tatum's name was in the opening credits and i think that was a really bad choice because when i saw his name i was like oh i didn't even know he was in this movie and then when i saw he wasn't in the room of the eight people i'm like oh he's hiding somewhere i didn't know where i'm I'm too dumb (laughs) i and i also because it's 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 longer and because i think for me i was just so invested in what was happening in the moment I it bypassed mm. in my mind. Okay. And it was only like maybe a second before that I was like, Oh, it's Channing Tatum. But I, I don't know, I thought maybe it was like behind a cabinet or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. I mean, they all were just gonna go underneath the floor. I didn't think it was a basement. I thought it's it was a like a cabin, moment. right? Yeah, it's a great so moment. I think, so. Anyway. That's it's why it was so shocking for me. Yeah. All right, let's keep going, gentlemen. Uh so uh, I like this do. Alright, so um Best scene in an otherwise pretty average movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, just because uh, Nathan was like, by the way, I watched this. Uh, speaking of films that uh, you don't like that, you know, we're actually like, kind of okay. Uh, Spectre. Uh, okay. Pretty mad on it, but we talked about this scene um, just before we started recording. And for me, uh, the scene that was really kind of, I really enjoyed, or at least made me squirm like all hell, was the torture scene with the little drill. Oh, God yeah. damn. That was oh. hard to watch. Like, it's, a, it's a, yeah. Entering hostile level, not really, but like, God, <laughs> it, but, I did not want to see that. And the thing is, it felt like it was entering hostile level, right? Oh, like, where it's, it's just like, oh, God, I might as well be watching someone chop off a limb. It got deflated a little bit once it happened and then and then like james bond wasn't instantly a vegetable because yeah, yeah, exactly. because it built up the whole idea like if this drill my problem with the scene is that they built up this idea that if the drill goes in you turn into a vegetable you're fucked no, it you're, wasn't you're not, quite like, that it wasn't it, quite it was, that but it was disabling like, a specific thing yeah, right? yeah exactly it's it's like you turn into a very mushy right. something right? right um and then when it happens and like i guess what i'm talking about is my favorite moment scene in that or moment, I guess, in the whole thing is as it's going in, 
and me not knowing that James Bond is mm. I mean he's in a lot of pain but he's kind of alright because yeah. you mentioned it he goes it does happens twice so yeah. actually so simultaneously I go like this is a great scene and I go I feel really betrayed because <laughs> like <laughs> I, I feel like something bad yeah. should happen right yeah, yeah. and it was like as Nathan mentioned to me afterwards like he goes on and like shoots like a whole bunch of yeah, people yeah he walks like, out the door and just shoots like a bunch <laughs> of people yeah, no, and you're like, like oh your up. aiming's fine <laughs> Yeah. I'm like this. This I feel lied to, but that actually moment that they created, I thought was really cool. And otherwise, pretty average film. Good call. I'm yeah. gonna go next. <clears throat> I'm gonna say uh, this is a movie that I thought was actually pretty good, but wasn't as good as I thought it might have been. Um, the Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part Two. Hmm. I thought it was actually like decent. It had some weird bits towards the end that were a little stretched out. Not great. But there's one scene in the middle of the film, and it's uh, the uh, Jennifer Lawrence and her band of like uh, essentially rebels are inside of the sewer system, uh, trying to get towards the capital so they can overthrow Lada, you know, dystopian future, or whatever. But, <laughs> but <laughs> okay. the point is that when you're inside of that scene, they're in these sewers, and it's mostly lit with like flashlights, and you don't really know what's underneath there, and it's kind of like a slow moving scene where you're just waiting, 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 waiting. And all of a sudden these like monsters pop out of nowhere and like stuff gets really crazy. And, but the, the pacing of the scene, especially with the, the scoring and the way that it's shot, it actually is surprisingly thrilling. And uh, for sure, the, like easily the best scene of the entire film. And it's kind of the inventive stuff you wish the Hunger Games was mostly made of hmm. from top to bottom. And, uh, it gives you yeah. just enough to feel really disappointed in the film. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, a, just a little taste of good. <laughs> yeah. right. uh, well, you know, it's kind of funny because mm. I also have another Jennifer Lawrence movie oh, to talk yeah, about. Yeah. That would be oh. Joy. And I'm going to go... Uh, it's kind of... I'm, I'm like cheating a little bit here. It's not one specific thing, but it's basically in the middle portion of this movie... She approaches QVC, which is a television advertiser, sailor thing. They're just, you know, they they advertise their products uh, like infomercials. And she is going actually on the infomercial to sell her mom. I was totally invested from that point for like a while. It was very intense. And again, Jennifer Lawrence's performance made me really care about this character. And she was going through some really bad stuff at this point. So I really wanted her to succeed. And I just felt like tension was at an all-time high. Uh, so that scene just, it was it was like this weird adrenaline mm-hmm. just boost in an otherwise kind of laborious movie, if I say. Uh, so yeah, it was. I thought that was great. Great segment in a mediocre movie. Well, it's another example of like a scene that epitomizes what you want the rest of the movie to be. Right? Yes, absolutely. Like it's, like it's clever and it's like really tense, but it makes you really feel something for that character and... You just sort of wish the movie was made of more stuff like that. Like, it's a little satirical. It's a little bit of everything. And then the rest of it is just sort of, like, kind of one note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's a really strong scene. That would have been uh, another choice for me, too. Yeah. I uh, So, the next one, I kind of regret putting it in because it just I didn't come up with anything in particular. I thought it would be more oh, interesting. Oh, I have one. Um, it's the best movie title or favorite. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, uh, so we'll do it real quick. Don't need to, like, go on it mm-hmm. too long. I don't know. I like the word Sicario. I just thought it was really neat. Yeah, uh, it rolls choice. off the tongue. Every time I say it, it feels nice. That's literally why I chose it. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I chose Beasts of No Nation. I, there's something about that title that just, it sounds like a book 
title I would want for mm. like my own novel. I'm like, ooh, like if I ever get a time traveling device, I'm you know I'm gonna be like, yo, <laughs> Kerry Fukunaga, we gotta talk here. That's my title. So, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's actually a really strong title, and it's you know, movie aside, it's a really strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's It Follows. It's just so suggestive. That was my runner-up. Yeah, so good. It's, just, it's such a suggestive, brilliant title, and there's something creepy about just reading it. It mm-hmm. Follows. What's yeah. it follow? You? Another guy? Me? What's, What's going like, on? It honestly like evokes like the older classic movies, too, like The Thing, yeah. Alien. It just has no, this exactly. abstract feeling. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No, it's really great. All right, boys. Uh... <laughs> Most disappointing go. film. Okay. We finally get to go to it. Uh, I don't have like a bomb, but I do have, I'm playing devil's advocate. Should I go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, The Revenant, which is super weird because it's my number six uh, on top Mm. 10 films of the year. But I, you know, I try to actually temper all my expectations when I watch movies these days. (laughs) That trailer, that first trailer for the movie is probably the single best trailer I've ever seen to anything. It blew me away. And I was, it gave me that feeling of something almost like what I wanted, like almost what Sicario delivered, actually. But it gave me this feeling of intensity and this wilderness that's hostile and everything is just out to get you. And it's like a desperate struggle for survival. And the film is kind of that in a way, but it's also a little kind of more cold and distant than I wanted it to be emotionally. So... It's it's like it's more of like like I definitely don't think it's a bad movie. It's you know it's all my it's number six, but I just think it didn't live up to what I really wanted it to be. Hmm. Okay, I, that that trailer, jeez. Uh, yeah. You go you go next, by the way. Sure. Um, I would say there's one. Uh, it's disappointing. Also similar to you because there's some good filmmaking in it, hmm. and uh, I would say that Crimson Peak oh. Uh, oh. has. <laughs> An enormously disappointing second half. I, I mean, so you've seen it. Uh, Paul, have I, have, you, have you I seen have, the film? I've not seen it, but I've heard many um, yeah. very strong that movie opinions. Is like the longest train wreck I've ever seen. <laughs> like, what What happens is it starts with such a defined world and interesting characters and an interesting through line that you think is really going to pay off, and then all of a sudden it just turns into the most dumb overlong like schlocky trashy thriller <laughs> yeah and it just wastes like the amount of work put into the production design alone is like criminal as yeah. to what story actually unfolds so, it, enormously disappointing all right yeah i'm gonna so, just say that was on my list yeah, but yeah. I, at the same time mm-hmm. uh his last movie pacific rim oh disapp- yeah, it's it was so t- bad that i just came into crimson peak with like I just hoped so much. No, I can, yeah, I, I well, get Well, I mean, that's disappointing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna. I'm really curious though. Like, do you, like what Mitch said. Like the first half is you no know, interesting, all that sort of stuff. Is he just full of shit? Is no, 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 no. I think it does set up an interesting premise and then just goes exactly where yeah. you think it's gonna go with no surprises, no interesting plot lines, not even a good payoff. The ending fight is the dumbest thing I've ever it's so seen. Bad. It's so boring. <laughs> it's so goofy and boring. Goofy and boring. It's like a terrible combination. Without like too many spoilers, just so yeah, you yeah, can yeah. see it. Like, did yeah. you the machine that's there? Did you expect oh, that was the, gonna be involved? I thought that was going to be involved in the fight. Nope, nope, not at all. It's just the biggest waste of space because it's so cool looking. You think like, yeah, you're like someone's face, right? Like someone's face is going in there. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm so excited to see the most disappointing film of the year. Um, all right. So, Mitch Strapping. 
Please. I don't want to have an exterior man have an address oh. on my screen. Oh, I know where it's going. My most disappointing film of the year, and I watched a lot, was Animalisa. Mmm. Yeah. And, and I, like, the films of Charlie Kaufman that I love, I fucking love. Tonetsuki, New York, probably right. top five, maybe top three. Oof. I love that film. I, no, I have, thank I have, you, a, sir. I have a definite <laughs> right. spot for that film. I yeah, love, I love Internal Sunshine's Palace Mind. Even the films yeah. I'm less, <clears throat> less keen on, like uh, being John Malkovich uh, adaptation, that sort of thing. Um, I'm, I'm still like, yeah, I, I get it. Like it, it, it doesn't hit the mark for me, but I still under, uh, I enjoy part of it. Honestly, dude, I just like for people who don't like somehow got all the way this far and have not seen our top list. This was like number three for Mitch, right? Yeah. And I just, I, I came in, like, I, my, I was open. I'm like, Charlie Kaufman, <laughs> I will love you. And it was just a bunch of puppet sex that I just, <laughs> I just did not, like, the, okay, the problem is for me, essentially, is that it became where some people see subtlety, I saw, I saw sort of repetitive nature. Right. And I just wanted it to grow and change. And like, I was, I was still there for the first 25, 30 minutes, but when it maintained that pace and it didn't go anywhere and I just felt like I was watching puppets talk about something that I could have talked about already, like I, I, I started to get hope again in near the sort of middle act where things start to get more Charlie Kaufman-esque. Uh, I started to get a little more hope and then it just like... <laughs> Does that again? So no, like, I just think it. I, I think just it's a, it's a movie that just constantly subverted what I mm. thought it was going to be, and at the end, it just felt so complete, mm. and it was a statement. Subverts or deflates? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I I don't know. It's just puppet sex. This sounds like an interesting. So best puppet sex. This is your team in America. Oh yeah, by <laughs> far the best puppet sex ever played. Uh, most realistic, at least. Anyways, yes, no, Team sure. America is pretty amazing with that. So. Uh, this. <laughs> I will say this. Team America is like the funniest puppet sex scene. This at least is like the most respectfully done puppet yeah, sex scene. All right. <laughs> respectfully and boring. Uh, uh, whatever. All and, right. And, well, and, great and, and short. Very short. Um, all right. Woohoo. Let's, let's continue to piss more people off. Yeah. Worst ending. Uh, I'm going to go just because I I already chose this. Fucking the law. Uh, the assassin. <laughs> Holy crap! What the? I don't care if you guys haven't seen this film. You have it out. It's uh, huh? You have it out for this film. I just like I didn't even know. It. The only reason I knew it was ending, I was like, "Holy shit! This sounds like score music. That's it's ending." <laughs> And, oh, you know what, really? I probably should have put his best ending because, you know what, it fucking ended. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, all right. I just, like, they, they know me. I don't I don't normally, like, go out for films or, like, attack them or whatever, but just, Jesus. And, like, it's part, I, part of it is, like, there are some people that just go, like, you're an idiot, you don't get it, and all sorts of stuff, and that's probably got me a little bit jaded or whatever. But, like, literally the ending is ching-ching, stare at each other. Then walk away. Like literally, that is the oh, ending. God, yeah, that literally, doesn't... that's the ending. But the problem is, Interesting. that happens like five times before the film, <laughs> so you don't really know that this is the ending. I and see. it's just, it's only because of the shot lasts so long, and there's a particular music. You're like, it's ending. Oh, okay, it's, I guess it's, it's ending. Oh my god, it's ending. <laughs> it's just God, fuck. Anyway, should have put that under best ending. Yeah, I really, I, 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 I really, I really. But there, I, I think the only reason I didn't is because there are a lot of really good endings, and it would, like this, yeah, this yeah. film doesn't deserve that. I don't want to cheap out in the yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 
Fuck that movie. Anyways, that's <laughs> sorry. I don't. No, I, I understand. Lots of work. All that sort of stuff. That's fine. Just didn't work for me at all. Uh, who wants to go next now that I've got all out? I can go next. Um, yeah. uh, I'm going to play Devil's Advocate again. Mm. Hateful Eight, honestly. Mm. Like, the worst think, ending. Uh, it's not the yeah. moment, and yeah. that's not what I want to focus on. Yeah. I want to focus on like the fact that they spent... Or, sorry, mm. Quentin Tarantino spent like almost two hours or more, mm. maybe. It's a long movie. Mm. Building up this mystery, and then it totally just deflates in like the final act. Like... You basically you you're 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 given this like all these details, but all these quirky characters who are around here, and yeah. then you know the the coffee event happens. All these interesting things start going on, and you're kind of like, all right, I'm into this. Like, who's doing what now? Hey, and then they just reveal it? it like right away, and you're like, oh, well. But I was kind of having fun guessing, and then you get a flashback, and you're like, all right. And it was well constructed, and it was funny in its own way. The the whole like fat-ass dialogue thing was hilarious. Uh, but it's like, it was kind of just like watching the movie deflate from there on out for like an hour. <laughs> it was, it that's was how long. I feel, that's yeah, how I felt was... about uh, Django. With the last well, 10 minutes. Which I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of trouble right. as explosions okay, or whatever. But like, that's how you feel about that. That's how I feel about the end I of mean, Django, still a great so. movie. It's all my top 10, yeah, but I, I mean, just felt like... It was top what, 10? Yeah, it was. What one was it? Oh, uh, I'd have to look. Let's have a look here. It was... <laughs> okay, well, while you're looking... It was nine. Just... Oh, shit. Nine? Yeah. Okay, sure. Okay. So, but um, I just feel deflated. That's yeah. it. Okay. I, 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 just, I disagree. I actually think the ending well, Mitch, is so much stronger. I'm going to have to say... But as, the, say, as, the, as the referee, as the referee, who definitely I, does not have a set in this, Nathan's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Just For continue. once, you agree fist bump. Yeah, yeah we agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, continue. Why did I do this to myself? Okay, so I believe the worst ending, and it is the worst ending of the year. It could be one of the worst endings I've ever seen. It's uh, from the film The Danish Girl. So The Danish Girl. Ooh, I don't, oh, God, I haven't seen this film, and you're a bit of a, can you tell me in some way? uh, You know know what? Let me tell you this. This Mm. will not spoil anything. Okay. This is just a dumb Thing. Hmm. I will say this, hmm. the lead character, who is a transgender woman, hmm. is represented in the final 30 seconds hmm. by a floating scarf. And it's exactly as bizarre and off-kilter and cheeseball as that might sound. And they just milk the hell out of that image, but in the most silly hmm. condescending way possible so it's like it's you're saying it's pretentious basically i'm saying it's beyond pretentious oh. and laughable and mm. laughable. Right. like like i fair? actually was watching this and just mm. thought what in the world were they thinking well to yeah. be fair like you guys have seen american beauty right yes, yes. yeah the plastic bag thing can kind of seem a little bit pretentious but like it sure. almost works right so like i can see i can't remember now was that the ending shot of the movie uh, yes no, but like, there's yeah, so yeah. much there's yeah, so like, much work done it into building that metaphor yeah and this, this metaphor that they have oh in the it film, just appears out of nowhere it is like oh, absolutely <laughs> inexplicable oh, like it is mm. sort of built in that this scarf has some importance but mm. the fact that they make the person into a scarf essentially is like the silliest thing it's so, really bad interesting yeah. all right well genius well it's just i wasn't going to see that film and then i saw the thr uh director roundtable and they showed it like one scene of it, and I was like, "Wow, that that was actually rather moving." It looks, good. Like, it looks good. Yeah, I, I, I haven't I, seen I, it unfortunately. I didn't care. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All That's right. interesting. All right. Uh, well, what what else 
But best ending after worst ending. Of course. I actually had... I had... Two. Okay, so, like, let's... I'm just... Because I can. Um, I'm just gonna <laughs> give... Uh, neither of you picked the gift, right? No. Yes. <laughs> okay, go for it. Go for it. Okay, uh, yeah, the gift. For me, um... It just... I think it was, and this is why I didn't pick it for best sort of plot turn, because I, th- I just think the ending in general yeah, works. Right. It makes the entire movie just kind of like click mm-hmm. in this way that it wasn't, I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't like working before, but like there were There's these kind of disparate yeah. elements, yeah, yeah. of these, the mystery going on of the characters and their nature, and then suddenly this gets dropped in and you're like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, Big Moment makes a very, very dark ending. I, oh, I liked God, it a lot. Oh, God, I fucking loved it. Yeah. And, like, that's... And, like, when I was talking about the... In the spoiler thing, like, that's that's what I love. I love endings where the whole film is made for an ending. Right. It doesn't have to be a, a, a reveal mm-hmm. or something, but just, like, in um, the Scottish... Or Macbeth or, like, Hamlet, whatever. Like, where, like, the, the stories are made... For that exact moment. And like maybe that's why I'm just a sucker for Trash Ace because it's always built for that. But that's why I love the gift and it was so high on my list is because each and everything that happens in this story builds or um, like fills out the ending, right? Yeah. And so that's why that was on my honorable... Like I wasn't sure if I was going to pick that or not, but I'm glad that you did. Um, I'm going to go next just because I'm talking. Uh, the film that I chose is actually Spotlight. Yeah. And the reason yeah. is, is, and it's not necessarily like, oh yeah, awesome. It's a shot. You see them all the phone. No, the best ending for me was the three or four walls of text. Oh yeah. Mm. That, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that is a, you're right. Really, that's a gut perfect punches fucking after way. Gut brilliant. punches. You're like, oh, that is a perfect fucking way to end mm. a story like this. Yeah. Where it's like, because after watching this film, you're like, holy shit, like, yeah. I can do things, I can help, or like, you know, it's it's around, it's around, but it's not around me. And then he goes, fuck you, it probably yeah. is. Yeah. And then you just see this wall of text. And like, there was one place, I was looking for Canada, I was looking for Vancouver. And oh, there's a couple there. of them. There's a couple, yeah. yeah. There was Danic- Vancouver? Uh, oh, I don't know I don't about, know about Vancouver specifically, like, but there's like, Canada. Yeah, there. exactly, right? And I saw... There's like places in Canada I've never even heard of, right? And so it just it, it it cemented that idea that it's like it's literally everywhere, yeah. And that it will these things not just like um, priests touching kids, but or like doing much worse, but like priests doing things to kids, but all sorts of these kind of issues they won't go away unless you as a human being are making a concerted effort to do so, right? And to it's just, recognize that it's there, yeah, right? And and. And not only just recognizing that it's there, but actually doing something about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so this, th- these wall of text, and I love that it wasn't just one; it was oh, like it's so over, long. Yeah. That's over. the really staggering part of it. Right? It's just like three or four mm. huge pages, mm. and you're like, "Oh, this is the last one." Nope. Yeah. Uh, th- nope. And, and they do a good job like filling that screen mm. up because when it comes in the theater, you're like, "Whoa!" Like, like you have to take it all in. Mm. You don't no, see right. one it's name; you see all of them. You're yeah. like, "Holy no. crap!" Right, and like that's that. I think that's just a brilliant. I was like, "How do you end a film like that?" And then this thematic, like thematically, and even on a visual level, yeah, it's wall text, but it's just it like it feels like you can't escape it. And I feel yeah. like that's what it needed. And I just thought that was a brilliant, brilliant ending. It's a very and good choice. Yeah. yeah. So, in terms of an actual image, I would mm-hmm. argue that's like one of the best images. Yeah, yeah. I that's think really, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a film that you guys haven't mm-hmm. seen, but Seymour in introduction, mm-hmm. I think, has an ending that 
is basically worked into the entirety of the film. So the mm. idea is that uh, at the end of this film or during this film, um, Seymour Bernstein, who's this uh, piano teacher, he's a philosopher, as I said in the uh, top ten list. He is um, someone who sort of becomes a sage for Ethan Hawke. And so Ethan Hawke decides to stage a concert for many of his actor uh, students. Uh, in I believe he's a teacher uh, of acting. And he brings in his students to watch this concert. I think some of his friends are there as well. And so the film is like a series of interviews and uh, sort of archive footage. But it leads up to this final concert. And I have to say, just on an emotional level, the concert is one of the most beautiful I've ever heard in my entire life. And the way that it's shot, it like cuts to like him pressing on the keys at the right moment. It cuts to like archive interview footage explaining like what's happening in the next movement. And it just was one of the few scenes that moved me fully, fully full body experience to tears. And it just uh, like, I won't say anything more about it, but it's just, it's, for me, one of the most emotional. Yeah, I had to look forward to. Yeah, I I highly recommend it, but especially because it just leads to such a powerful final line, and yeah, it's a phenomenal ending. Before we step yeah. on, I just yeah. want to give one quick mention, honorable mention to Sicario's ending, the soccer, yes. uh, soccer strong, match. Strong, yeah. strong, really finally. amazing way to yeah. like sum up that movie. Absolutely. Well, yeah, and like not only that, but my favorite part, like that's a great image and stuff. But mm-hmm. like my favorite part was when they were in the house with the gun and stuff. Oh like that. yeah, that's. But again, uh, oh, I, I love two people in a room. And like mm-hmm. that's <laughs> my like I don't understand why sure. I find it so interesting. Bread and but, butter, right there. <laughs> oh god, I like I let that stuff up. Um, all right, so oh god damn my list. All right, so I believe the next one is supposed to be best writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So can uh, I start? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go following up with your. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, your little bit about the ending i would say spotlight has by far i think the best screenplay out of most of the films I saw by far you say yeah. Yeah, i a- i would say so and i would say that some of the direction doesn't fail it per se but it doesn't like sort of i mm. think elevate it, it. Yeah, but the that. text is so strong mm. and the actual way that the story progresses and that little twist where you realize that uh actually this is interesting so michael keaton's character is revealed to have been able to publish the story and mm. spread it a little farther years back, mm. but he doesn't. And it turns out that in the research for the screenplay, mm. they actually found this out and approached the real reporters mm. who had no idea that this was a thing. Mm. So that's the only piece of like liberty that they took with the actual script, mm. but they're able to infuse that into the story in a way that feels completely natural and yeah. completely viable. Um, and there's just the movie's filled with choices like that mm. that just feel really subtle, really strong, mm. and really don't labor the point but hmm. give you impact and it's i think a lot to do with the research and the writing process of the film i uh, subtlety is the name of the game for that movie yeah, like it just absolutely. works on a very low-key level that just mm. kind of just you don't expect mm. yeah. i mean i was telling paul that movie mm. snuck up on me i didn't realize how much i was enjoying it until about 45 minutes into it's it and true. i was like yeah. wow this is amazing like this mm. movie's great yeah. mm. so yeah and it's just tight that ending is just such a perfect way to end it besides mm. the block of text yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll go next. Just sure. I'll let yeah. the writer go last. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll give him the anchor. But yep. um, mine's probably gonna be a little more obvious uh, choice, especially considering it's me. But Steve Jobs. Mm. Um, and it's you're not wrong. I mean, yeah, right. It's great script. I, I heard about this idea that Aaron Sorkin is gonna basically do it in like three sections. Um, like, very bold. Very so bold. And, and skeptical as hell about that. I, I was so <laughs> yeah. excited. 
Only mm-hmm. because I was like, if anyone can pull off something crazy as this, Aaron Sorkin. Sure. And, yeah, you know what? Um, there are a few parts where I'm a little like, okay, maybe someone needs to pull him in just a little bit. Um, and the more, actually, like, maybe we can have this as a, a quick discussion at the end. But Nathan mm-hmm. and I kind of noticed that a lot of directors kind of got in the way of themselves. But, like, we'll have that as a short discussion at the end. But mm-hmm. I felt like Aaron Sorkin got in his way, his own way sometimes with the script. But there are just so many, like, one-liners uh, or jabs or moments that in this script that are just so funny, mm-hmm. um, informative, and all sorts of stuff. And I just, not only that, but tackling someone so kind of complex and already sort of naturally out there, um, I do think uh, Michael Fassbender helps it sort of keep it grounded in a weird... He's such an amazing way. actor. Yeah, he's no, probably he, uh, my top three. He's um, made for that dialogue. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? But uh, it's it's definitely... Yeah, it's definitely my favorite script of the year. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was a weird year for me because, like, I feel like a lot of the go-tos, like Aaron Sorkin and mm. Quentin Tarantino, mm. I had, like, slight problems with their movies. I mean, I love yeah. Steve Jobs. It was a contender for mm. top ten for me as well. But uh, I just, there was, like, some issues, like, again, with Hateful Eight, like, kind of deflating towards the end. It never gets bad. It never gets I, I will agree with you on Steve Jobs there. I think it it's a little bit deflated by the actual ending moments in that script. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm going to actually go with The Martian. Okay. Yeah. Because for me, like, okay. everything just works. There's a lot going on in that movie, like, from, you know, the, the crew traveling back home, Matt Damon on the mm-hmm. planet... All this bureaucratic stuff going on at NASA, the people mm. building the devices and trying to communicate to um, uh, Mark Watney. Mm. And it's just like, it's just, there's so much going on, but it, it's all concise. It all moves fast. And it's funny. That's mm. the best part. Yeah. Like, I thought it no. was a very Sorry. witty and humorous script. And I didn't expect that going in. I didn't expect that at all. But I, can it I... is not a comedy. No, 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 it is I mean... not a comedy, and it should not have won that award. Golden Sorry, Globe, baby! That out. Yeah. Holy shit! You call uh, it a comedy? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it was I'm in the comedy category. Got one no, comedy won. at the Golden Globes. It won yeah. best comedy yeah. or musical. Uh, yeah, uh, and it certainly wasn't a musical. I don't think, <laughs> unless I missed something. But uh, yeah, that was my favorite Sing script. So. In. Uh, all right, so uh, one thing I will say about the Martians, like for the most part, was yeah, very well done. But it's like one part in the Martian where I was just sort of like. Okay, I'm just gonna have to ignore that. Um, mm. Is when China basically says like, "Oh, we have parts that can help." Get, yes. Get yeah. To, yeah. Uh, help you get. Oh Mark. no, you're not doing this. You're calling that an ex machina. No, it's I. Or this DSX is, machina. Uh, <laughs> where, where, where it's just like we don't have to go into it because I'm sure you're gonna pull up Star Wars yes. and be a total. No, 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 no. Let's not go down that route. Yeah. But it's just that was the one thing with the script that like, for, I was just like, it's just the fact that like. They made such a concerted effort to be like, "Hey, look, it's it's a worldwide thing. We all care about them, except China." Until the first explosion, oh, or the I first see what rocket you mean. Okay. Right? right? The first rocket doesn't work. I'm like, "Oh, by the way, we also have one, but we didn't decide not to tell you until later." Right? That was the only part where I was a little like. But to uh, be fair, I mean, are politics in the real world really that different? I really don't think they are. But like this film, it worked very hard on being like a a, a, a internal sort of feel good like tryout right. movie, right? So that was my sort of, it just in the rules that I set for the world, it was a little bit wishy-washy. Okay. But anyways, and I yeah. just, I just one more point about this, and I'm not even sure if it's a problem with the writing or just my expectations of it. But mm. for me, the only real issue with this film is, I, at no point, doubted except for a brief moment near the end that he was going to make it out alive. 
That like, is, yeah. I, I, I didn't have a problem with I that, though. I didn't either. Like, 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 it's not that I had, had a problem with it, really, like, because it made it more entertaining, and you're like, oh, how is he going to do it? And that's a nice little end goal. But it, just in terms of stories with tension, like, I just like the fact that a lot of great films can push against you and push against you until you just think there's no way, and then boom, there's some mm. brilliant hinge on a moment thing that lets you know, okay, everything's going to be fine. But at some point, I was just sort of like, he'll be good. He's pretty smart. I mean, I, he'll make his way out. I get exactly because, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But it's like at the same, because this is like, some people said this to me when right. I watched Gravity. I won't go too much into this, but I yeah. love Gravity. It sort of has the opposite problem, though, because that movie is just like, oh my God, and then she does this, and then she does that, and oh But my some God, people were like, well, she's obviously yeah. never going to die. She's the right. only character continuing on here. And you're just like, know. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, some movies can just get away with that. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. God, is that you? Yeah. Hello? We're going to have to take a quick intermission. All right? <laughs> Be right back, guys. Okay, hi, guys. I answered the door. I'm not sure who it was. Anyways, continuing on. So, what we're going to be doing is favorite moments. Uh, Mitch, why don't you start us? Sure. Um, so, I don't think either of you have seen this film, but mm. it's uh, pretty high on my top ten. It's Son of Saul. Mm. And... Uh, the film is really filled with really powerful, I mean, it's a Holocaust film, but it does it in a way that it feels like a new experience. It's a more, it's a horrifying experience, but it feels like a new vantage point on this. And so the idea is that you're following Saul and it's um, very similar to the shot he described in James White. It's actually the same cinematographer, but you're mostly following Saul right where his head closes on the edge of the frame. It's like a four by three frame. So most of what you're seeing is just him and there's one point where he meets up with a Nazi officer on his way to do something that's potentially like really fatal for him. So he can't be like caught at all in the entire film. And that's where so much of the tension comes from. But he's face to face with a bunch of Nazi officers in a room where he shouldn't be. And instead of like reprimanding him or like, you know, sending him to some horrible fate, they actually end up making fun of him. And one of the officers starts to dance around him and make fun of the fact that like, oh, I'm dancing in a shtetl. Like, how silly is that? Do you remember being there? Like, how funny is that? And he starts like dancing around and being a total fool and all the doctors and Nazi uh, soldiers are laughing around him. And Saul's just being very quiet. And he starts doing this thing where he like hooks into his arm and they start doing like a roundabout. And he stops and he like stops, starts laughing. And then they like both drop their arms and Saul just lifts his arm back up as if he wants to continue the dance. Hmm. And it's such a beautifully hmm. acted moment and written moment. Hmm. And the payoff is just the doctor says, get out of this room. We don't need you here. Hmm. But it's, I think, the, especially in an atmosphere where so much is at stake hmm. and he needs to complete this goal in order to fulfill something. Hmm. The fact that he can still give a fuck you like that is hmm. just such a brilliant moment. It's uh, and it, there's a lot of things like that in this film that are really striking, but it was a moment that really grabbed me. I thought I have yeah. that film on my list. It's definitely one I want to watch. It's yeah. uh, it's quite stunning. Yeah, yeah. maybe we'll uh, do a QQ without mm. Mitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, now that I'm done being a jerk, uh, so I'll go second because you want to go last. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter yeah, really, but don't yeah, worry about yeah. it. Like, I, I, I like leaving someone that's a good moment. Uh, my favorite moment comes from the GIF. And it's not the ending or anything, but it's one that just, it honestly actually made me squeal like a little girl out loud. <laughs> oh, I think I know the Holy moment. Holy shit. You know exactly yeah, what I know it is. Yeah, I know the moment. And it's, and it's 
Yeah, I, and I saw him lose it in the theater. <laughs> it was honest, and like you did too, man. You actually made a huh. Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever actually terrifying. heard you make a noise of actual like fright. And, I wish I was there for this. Well, the thing is, is like you've seen so many jump scares before, mm. but this film does. I don't know how it works and how why it does such a good job on it, but it's just it, it's that's it. It's it's simply that it's a jump scare, but it's the best one I've ever seen. I just. It was the right timing, the right sort of execution, and then you're just, it, it, it knocks you off kilter, and that's what you're expecting one thing, and it just fucking freaked the shit out just of me. Just to clarify, you are talking about the shower scene, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. She okay, goes like yeah. this. Yeah. So I was just going to yeah. say, yeah. So, I was like, yeah. trying to think of that next like the, the jump scene, uh, and where like you, you think she's going to be like, holy shit, she's got to like, go outside, and they're building it to be like a long moment, and she does this wipe, and you just see his fucking face right there. Yeah. Holy crap. Scary. It's Man, good. the it's entire good theater actually made a... <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they created the illusion of distance, because when she looks uh, through the window, it's, yeah, it's uh, you can see his silhouette, like, in the distance. Mm. So she wipes it, and he's right there. And yeah. it just scares the <laughs> yeah. hell out of you. Holy shit, uh, that was well, And I think it's because that movie's also more subtle. Mm. It's not one where it's just like, hey, jump scare, oh, cat oh, in the yeah, closet. Oh, yeah, not expecting so, that. Yeah, yeah, when it happens, it just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, or, uh, it's definitely changing your pants. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, can we get intermission? I just gotta go do something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my moment uh, again. I feel like I'm cheating this a little bit, uh, but uh, Samuel L. Jackson's Black. <laughs> oh, that's that's fine. That that's whole a- moment, what that monologue delivery was amazing, and it comes. I think why it works is it comes at the perfect moment in the film yeah. because you've gotten all this build up. All these characters are uneasy around each other, and then you think he's trying to just give this kind of uh, civil talk with this guy who he was at opposite sides of the battlefield with, and instead it just turns into the darkest thing ever in all of three minutes. You know, I know the day your son died, it was the day he met me, and I was like, oh shit, we're going there. And it goes all the way. That whole, that monologue is amazing. And you went, like, maybe you picked up on this, but the thing that gives me a little extra spice to it, for me, is that directly before this, you learn the Lincoln letter is fake. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so... That's true. You don't, like, if you really think about it, he just, the one thing that people are like, yes, this is, if nothing else, this is a symbol of honesty, truth, power, whatever. Right, right. And you yeah. think he's fake. And he goes and tells this long story mm-hmm. about something. No one's ever seen his son or anything. Honestly, and it may or may not be true, but this monologue could be completely false and just a reason for him to shoot him. Yeah. Right? And so that's, it doesn't matter whether it's fake or not, but it's just the that. The whole elect- movie's about it, myth like that. It's yeah. about the mythical yeah, thing. No, it's a mythical saying, America. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just characters are just rooted in such an interesting. It's like a dissection of Mm. modern American history set right after the Civil War. Yeah, but that's such a great thing. It's like the we're not just getting a story about a guy doing something very bad to another man. (laughs) It's a story about what people might have had to do Mm. to survive, Mm -hmm. and it's and whether the story is true or not, it doesn't matter. Like Mm. either. Actually performing that act or telling that story is the way that this character. Mitch? Mitch, did you done break oh, it again? Oh, he broke it again. Mitch, why'd you break it? Oh my. You know, we'll never finish this video. Also. Oh, oh, he's back. Hey, you, oh, you just. You, you broke just, it. You broke it. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so so you're saying, I don't know. I'm sure it was okay, very important. Basically, but... basically, it like I think that scene really speaks to a deeper, darker truth that people just yeah. have to use these stories hmm. and 
perhaps these acts of violence to survive back then. And it's, a, I think, something we're not willing to acknowledge all the time. But, you know, history is ugly and people are ugly. And it creeps sometimes towards that's a, what you need to do. It creeps towards a very malicious, yeah. rotten core at the heart of yeah. it all. And that's mm. what I did, liked. Did yeah. you guys see this, the 70 mil version? I did, yes. Because that comes right before the intermission. Yes, it does. It is a perfect way to just go boom, and then you got 15 minutes. You're like, what? What do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just that right around yeah. cycles. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, let's not keep everyone forever. So let's go. So directing. best directing. Um, I'm gonna keep this really simple. George Miller. I mean, like, George Miller. It's so just easy. Done. Like literally, it's take what like 20 years to make this film. Like this could have easily fallen apart. It could have just been really mediocre. It could have looked strange. It could have done all these things. And there has to be a person who can, one, stick with a project that long, but two, also manage to keep all these pieces working together. So if a film is shit, the director gets it. But if a film is great, everyone else gets a credit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just right. once in a while, you know, the director kind of goes, even if he didn't come up with that moment or he didn't, you know, come up with that exact cast and whatever, he found people to work with and he also... He just, he survived. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so. this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. year of like yeah. really interesting like directing going mm-hmm. on because like we've had like I I think even though uh, Heat <clears throat> started to go some weird directions towards the end like kind of deflate, I think that that was some of Tarantino's most controlled filmmaking. Like it mm-hmm. was really yeah. really I mean it, it's like a play, right? Like mm-hmm. there's nowhere to go. You're all in right. one room, like you said, mm-hmm. four walls. That's it. And, uh, you know, and then Ridley Scott comes back with, you know, his great, you know, The Martian. So it's, but at the end of the day, I was just like, I keep coming back to Mad Max. Like, Mm -hmm. George Miller blew everyone away. He completely subverted expectations for action movies in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, I I don't, I don't necessarily know if it'll win, but it's kind of a front runner for best picture this year. Like, that's impressive. Yeah. And every other action film we will watch, probably ever, will always be just a little bit worse it, because my Max is, <laughs> yeah. is around. Yeah. Like that's some, like that's seriously like that's something to really think about. Like it's gonna be a very long time before you see a film that could match that, and then most certainly be yeah. very definitely, definitively better than that. That's that's gotta account for something. Hopefully, it'll be the Mad Max sequel. And the thing is, like, I'm just going to come mm-hmm. out and say this wasn't like he wasn't my choice, but it was so hard not to make that choice. Mm-hmm. It's just he has such a clarity of vision. It is bananas how many absurd details are infused into all of the fight scenes, all of the choreography, all of the little background pieces and actors and sets and cars and locations it, it does feel like it all comes from the mind of mm. one person. Mm. And it is tr- really remarkable to see. Mm. The only other one that I, I just I had, I had to go on gut. And I mm. think you have a director like Denis Villeneuve for mm. Sicario. Mm. And he takes a story that I think in any other director's hands is pretty good. It's interesting. It's pretty tense. It has a nice little through line. It's a little surprising. But he brings it to a metaphysical, ghostly terrifying level and it is in a way there were just moments of this film that felt animal that felt like i couldn't take my eyes off of it because i was just compelled to watch the horror and i'm not a big horror film fan I, a lot of them turn me off they're just don't really a roast me again. <laughs> a little bit scared again a little bit um thrillers i really like but usually they're just sort of a game for me like i like enjoying it and there's just something about the film 
that Villeneuve brings to it, whether it's working with Deakins or Joe Walker, the editor, or mm-hmm. with uh, Johan Johansson, who's the, mm-hmm. the score, who does the score. And um, it's just, it's, I think, a, a master class in asserting a worldview and a vision for a film that didn't necessarily need one in the first place to be entertained. Yeah, and I, um, I'm going to agree with you entirely yeah. because like, that yeah. was my second pick and it was yeah. very hard not mm-hmm. to choose him because I was super impressed with Prisoners, an amazing mm-hmm. movie. And this just Excellent took it film. to a whole new level. Sicario yeah. was unbelievable. And to me, he did the same thing that back in 2011, Nicholas Winning Refn did with Drive. He took material right. that would like, right. in right. the wrong hands, would just kind of be another you know, action thriller that's what, that's, and just totally took it his own direction hmm. and just blew everyone away. Hmm. That's per- a perfect comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of putting content into somebody else's hands, okay. uh, we oh. actually, <clears throat> so we've gotten to a category that we made that was going to be a little bit of fun uh, for us. And we're calling it essentially the do over where you mm. can basically take a film from this year and then just, Get a new director, get a new writer, get a new editor, a new complete new cast. What you can do, whatever you want, and just see what happens. So you can do a lot of that sort of stuff for for a film. Um, Paul, I'll I'll go first, and you know what? I'm gonna choose Star Wars. All right, by okay. who? Uh, Ryan okay. Johnson. Well, that's coming. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, exactly that. And but that's part of it is okay. that I would actually give him full reign of just one, two, or I guess seven, eight. Mitch, would you stop breaking things up? <laughs> Anyways, all right, there we go. You're back. Um, I'm back. But yeah, that is what I would do. I would give, if I could, I would just give him all three. Because why would you give Jurassic World director right, guide number right. three? Yeah. But anyways. Like maybe Ryan is not is not the best person for it, but like I I just think if I oh, would, I think it's a great pick. I, mean, I, I was yeah, always more excited a, for episode eight. Me too, right? And that's why I think I liked seven so much is because it, it set up eight it's promising, so much. Yeah, it leads right? to a right. promising future. Right. Yeah, so I would even though I really like Star Wars, it was literally on my number five. I would, <sighs> I would yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You want know <laughs> take her down a couple <laughs> notches there, buddy? <laughs> Bite me. Uh, <laughs> basically, I would I would just basically give. <laughs> him full control of that and not not of just directing but of writing and like right. i would i would trust him if he's like look this is not going to be a ripoff of number seven but i have an idea and mm. be like you know what looper is great i didn't particularly care for brick but i can understand why people would love it love that movie right. and he right. and he directed some of the best episodes of breaking bad if yeah. you're not sure who this guy yep. is Mm. And you should be so goddamn excited for number eight because we actually saw it on it on the IMDb that he's actually a key writer on. Now he's writing the script. Yeah, he's writing yeah. the script, right? Yeah. So basically, I, just, I mean, how much control he has? Yeah, I, I, Disney's I there that. poking him with a stick the whole time. <laughs> right. Well, no, exactly. But, but you know what? I think J.J. Abrams also did write the script and he mm. co-wrote it with Lawrence Kasdan, so it was classic. Mm. But I, as much as I loved Star Wars and I thought it was mm. a like really great way to kick mm. off the series. I am excited for the new directions that it's going in. Yeah. And so I, See, I, agree, with, I agree with that. We don't yeah. know if it's going to be a new direction. And if it, but I if hope. It, if, yes. if it goes in the same path as uh, Empire Strikes Back, then right. I'm just going to lose all faith. Yeah. Immediately. Right. Like, no, it's, that's, that's I'm, I'm at a point where like I can be mm-hmm. so hyped away. Like, this is a generational uh, series or this is the most... Dis- disappointing thing in the world. But if right? they take the initiative of Empire mm. Strikes Back and subvert, because mm. yeah. I watched it recently, like Empire mm. is an excellent film Great and it film. actually subverts mm. what Star Wars was about originally. Mm. Mm. And I think that's why the series is so classic. Mm. So if it can do it again, agreed. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to do one. It's actually on the worst of list. It is a movie I hated when I saw it. Hmm. But the reason that I hated it most of all is it actually has a pretty good premise that I completely waste. <laughs> the movie is Get Hard. It is with ah. Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart. So the premise <laughs> is that... Hold on. Hear me out, okay? Yeah, the premise yeah. is that Will Ferrell is a rich... I, I can't even remember what job it is, but the idea is it's like a, a rich, rich, I'm going to say guy. investment banker, I'm just going to mm. guess. Mm. And he owns a mansion and he has a beautiful wife and all mm. that. And all of a sudden, uh, he gets charged with a blue collar crime, mm. but they decide not to send him to like one of those, you know, uh, like fancy prisons. They actually want to send him to maximum security prison. So <laughs> in order to survive in prison, mm. he tries to enlist the help of this black guy who mm. works in his parking garage and he doesn't even know but because he's black mm. he just thinks he knows what prison is like <laughs> so so I just the knew premise, that yeah but the premise of this movie is that like you know it would be an interesting way sort of like a mel brooks film almost to like challenge ideas of race and you know sort of break the stereotypes and break those ideas so that everyone has right. with each other but knowledge right. that they're there right <laughs> and the and so you'd have like a very racist white man and you know, like a uh, strapping, like, you know, black guy who is, uh, they, they set him up as a character who, like, really would never go to prison. He's, like, mm. kind of a lame. Mm. But the problem is they take those and they stereotype those characters so much, they become just super flat and super exploitive and it becomes sexist and actually more racist. <laughs> and it's just, they completely blow the premise. But I think mm. in a different hands, it can mm. become a really interesting social well, satire. Whose who's hands did you put it in? I would put it in, I'm trying to think of a good satire artist, but someone like, if it was a mockumentary by Christopher Guest, mm. who you would bring in an ensemble cast and mm. it would be the sort of thing is that you're treating it as part of the real world. Because mm. in a real world situation, it seems a little outlandish, mm. but if anyone's going to bring something out, you know, a little more outlandish or, uh, um, do, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I think mm -hmm. Guest yeah. is, uh, handles odd subjects really mm. well. And with this, he would find something really incisive in it. Um, okay. I'm sure I can think of another director right now, but that's the one that comes to mind first. All right. All right. Are you just going to like be a total uh, douchebag? I'm going to choose The Walk Done by Paul Weston. Oh, fuck <laughs> no, I'm you. kidding. I'm kidding. That, <laughs> that is oh not a valid God. answer. <laughs> Do you know why you. that is not a valid answer, Nathan? There's already a movie called Man on Wire, so yes. it was already done. This is true. <laughs> this is true. This is, okay, somebody done fucked up. They, they had their own YouTube channel, and someone's like, you know what would be a great idea? Making this film, but like a live action, with like, <laughs> Levitt, with a really yeah. strange accent. Oh my fucking... One of the better performances of the year, I must say. I fucking hate you. <laughs> I don't uh, like if, the if walk. If they're not getting the inside joke, he just hated that I movie. Don't I don't like the walk. How bad. I, 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 you know what? I'm just going to cut you out of this. Film. All right. <laughs> uh, no, my actual, my actual choices. I uh, would love, you know, I'm just, I'm a fanboy. I would love to see The Revenant done by Nicholas Winning Refn. Because mm. he did a movie somewhat similar in tone called Valhalla Rising. Mm. And I really liked that movie. I'm probably the only person on the planet who did. <laughs> you and it's him. It's a very strange <laughs> movie. Uh, just lots of landscape, lots, lots of people wandering around mm. trying to survive. Very harsh tone. Mm. Uh, very little dialogue. Mads mm. Mikkelsen stars and he literally does not have a single line of dialogue. Right. Um, and I feel like what The Revenant was lacking... I'm not saying like he would do it better, but he would do it different uh, mm. as opposed to Inaritu. Mm. And I think... 
in its current form, The Revenant was lacking a bit of existentialism. Mm, it was right. just very literal. It's like, this is happening, and then we're moving on to this happening, mm. and then this is going to happen after. And it's all thrilling to look at, and it's great, you know, masterwork production, but it just kind of doesn't add up to anything. Mm. And I feel like Nicholas Winning Refn would have taken that and just kind of gone a little weird with it. And I mm. think for the better. Mm. You know, Interview 2 tried to do some of that with the dream sequences, but they just kind of came off as like... Well, he didn't commit. It was Yeah, it just kind of... Yeah, he kind of went... Yeah. And like, there were some... Yeah, it's either about like, guilt over murder of Native Americans, or I love my son. Yeah. And the worst part is, just like the rest of the movie, is it's filled with stunning shots. Like the shot of Leonardo DiCaprio looking at the skulls piled up, and then, you know, like amazing shots, but they don't really mean anything. They're kind of just aimless hmm. uh so i feel like there would have been some interesting tone changes if nicholas winning refn did it yeah and he, he likes his long shots yeah I mean, exactly another selecting choice that might have been interesting because at times i was sort of watching the revenant and i thought this is sort of like a uh, kind of sort of Werder herzog movie like, like he oh mitch very obsessed with nihilism and nature and inevitability of death and yeah. Again? Did I yeah. freeze? No, no. We, My back? We got, you. Good. We got you. We got the important okay, part. So I'm good now. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just, I feel like a Werner Herzog version of this would probably be better and would probably have been another film that Werner Herzog already made. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. Yeah. So um, that's all the categories. Oh, except wait. for oh, one. Except for one. Uh, and uh, Mitch, I want to make sure that you can hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah? Yeah, you're good? Okay. Just want to make sure you're not frozen. I'm ready for this one, Mitch. Uh, oh, you know what? It was honestly your idea. So, Mitch doesn't know this is coming. Okay. Uh, and I think well, Nathan will do a good job. You see, so, Mitch, the future is... It's a very ugly thing we're looking to. It's, you know, there's not... There's global warming. There's threat of nuclear war. There's a lot of bad things happening. And uh, we've got to preserve our culture and history here. So, <laughs> we're creating a time capsule for a single movie. Only one Blu-ray can fit in there, you know. Oh. And you have to choose one movie this year to save. One movie. All the others are going to get burned to the ground. What is the single movie you want to keep No one this will year? ever remember. No one will ever remember the other films. This ever. is the only film that people will remember. <laughs> We've had plenty of time to think about this. <laughs> but, okay, for while Mitch is frantically thinking about it, for context for people watching, Mitch is the kind of guy that who's been working on his top ten list for like literally like a month and a half. <laughs> he would send me messages. I was oh, about to change it last night. Like it was <laughs> that close. <laughs> and like he's the kind of guy who was like, "Hey Paul, so um, we're only doing top ten, right?" I'm like, "Yes, we're only doing top ten. No, 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 no. It's my story time. So, so I'm like, "Okay, no." And he goes, "Okay, what's well, top 10. But it's in alphabetical order, right? I'm like, no, it's not alphabetical order. Okay, but there's ties. No, there's not. God damn it, Mitch, there's not ties. And so there's this guy, Mitch, who just, he has a difficult time <laughs> loving something more than others when it comes to films. So we, we really want to see what he kind of, when a, when a metaphorical gun is put to his head, or I guess really a taps, time capsule is left in front of him, what film he would choose. 
And you can't say, well, I'm not going to choose any of them, because then we'll just burn them all. (laughs) They all burn. They all die. Nobody sees Mad Max or Sicario or Star Wars. (laughs) Or Son of Saul, uh, Anamalisa. Might have to think of the greater good here. What do the people want to remember of 2015? Yeah. Yeah. That's also something you want to think about, right? This is literally Selfie's choice. Like, I could destroy humanity or save it. This is a... The stakes are high. Okay. Um... Would you like to go last? <laughs> no, no. No, he's going first. Yeah, all right. No, I got it. Okay. okay. Now, Sicario, I would have gone with, but you know what? He's got plenty of great films in him. Okay. So if he moved on to the next one, it'd be great. Mad Max, the same sort of thing. is a brilliant movie, but again, George Miller, give him license. Anomalisa, more Charlie Kaufman. Son of Saul, I have faith that a Holocaust movie can be made again. Star Wars, Love and Mercy, uh, Spotlight, Hateful Eight. They're oh, all things that can be potentially improved upon or something. But I got to be honest, the one that just feels like the most singular option, like you'll never be able to make this film again because the person or whatever it is, see more in introduction. You'll never find that per- person again. You'll never have that opportunity to interview a subject that candidly. And it will never be as impactful emotionally as I think. So I think, it, and because it's such a positive film, like genuinely positive film, I would choose that one because all the others are phenomenal films. And I like films more, but that is one where I feel like if that didn't exist, I would actually be less of a human. See, I'm, wow. I'm way less selfish. I know that the people really want to watch Mad Max. So, <laughs> so I'm going to say Mad Max for us. I'm people. saying Mad Max too. Okay. Uh, for me, there is no more I iconic film think. this entire year than Mad Max. It stands above the rest as like the film that defined 2015. Mm-hmm. Just like The Dark Knight stood out in 2008, mm-hmm. you know? They're the movies that everybody talks right. about. Yeah, it's... And like, like yeah, Sicario is great. But, like, I feel like that film could have or will be made again in some capacity. Maybe not quite as good. But, right. like, remember, yeah, okay, Seymour was lived a very long time. Okay, whatever. But Mad Max, <laughs> it took 20 years to make, right? Right, so, right. <laughs> I'm just kidding, by the way. But, like, it's Mad Max, I feel like it's... I'm not kidding when I say, like, every action film I will watch will be a little bit less entertaining just because Mad Max exists. Yeah. I, yeah, so, that would have been my other choice, to yeah. be fair. <laughs> so, but you're selfish, like and you want to so, pick some like we watch films all the time. We've not, we haven't watched Seymour. What what is this? It's so selfish. No. <laughs> other than that, I we don't have any other unless you guys have some secret category. I we uh, have run them out. Uh, hopefully, this like, very long uh, video yeah. it was uh, entertaining for you guys. Um, Honorable mention to the bear. Yeah, 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 exactly. You yeah, the bear. Oh, you gotta give it up for the bear. Two-year-old Sal, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> uh, love me some bear-raping movies. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, uh, I'm done. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Holy shit. Great. Uh, uh, thank you for listening to yeah. all of this. Yeah, uh, and we hope it was entertaining. also visual yeah. people. Yes, yeah. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah, exactly that. Um, other than that, we're out. Peace, Bye. guys. Take care. Later.